Welcome to the Humans Inside the Pods with Morgan O'Learon, a podcast exploring the power of community, one conversation at a time. Good morning, Willow. How are you? I'm good, Morgan. How are you? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm really, really honored that you, um, even though you say it's not that early for you, it sounds so early for me. So I'm really honored that you got up and are uh, ready to join me on the podcast at 6.30 a.m. for you. I think it's, a, yeah, it is the first time I'm having someone so far away from me, uh, all the way from Australia. So I'm really excited. It's amazing we can do this so far. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a bit of a, yeah, figuring out the time difference and when it would work for both of us, but, but, but we made it. So, yeah, really, really yeah. happy. Yes um yeah let's just let's just start as usual as I always do it's just introduce yourself the the way you you feel like it today yeah okay so I'm I'm Willow I'm in Brisbane well not Brisbane I'm Gold Coast Australia everyone knows Brisbane though um and I am a single mom I've got two children I've been a single mom about four and a half years I originally moved up from Sydney when I first became a single mom and the business I used to do was dog boarding, dog training, dog grooming for 10 years and switched it completely to what I do now, which is a business called Share Abode. And it is a platform. It's a strategic solution, actually. I wouldn't so much call it a platform as a solution um, that, um, to the challenges that many single parent families face, which is you know, high cost housing, increasing living expenses, challenges, getting everyday practical support, um, high levels of social isolation, and it's all packaged into home sharing. So it's um, Australia-wide at the moment. One day I'd love to go global. Um, But yeah, that's kind of what I do. I do a lot of working out in the gym to keep myself active because my kids are so young, I have to keep up with them and share a boat. and, And yeah, that's how I kind of like spend my days. Oh, wow. Okay. Amazing. Well, Thank you for that. And I think the, okay, I have actually many, many questions on my piece of paper, but let's start uh, maybe with um, how did you go from dog boarding to share boat and, and um, yeah, how did that happen? Like what, what kind of like made you want to get into that and what kind of like made you want to get into that and how did you start? Because it's such a, I mean, it's an amazing project. And I think, I mean, I was looking a, a bit on your, your, on your socials and websites and what stuck with me was the the, uh, the sentence it takes a village uh mm-hmm. to, to to raise a kid and to raise yourself really I feel like uh so I, I love that idea I love that concept that's something that came up in, in different episodes already um so yeah that's a lot of, sort of not a very clear question but how, how did it all get started for you on this on this journey yeah well it seems like such a difference of um yeah, I guess focus, doesn't it? Um, it does. It definitely, I think, takes a village to raise a parent, um, for that parent to raise the child, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I don't think we were ever meant to do anything alone in life. I think we're always meant to surround ourselves with people. I mean, if you look at, you know, eons ago, you look at how, you know, families raise children and how children, you know, raise the next generation, really, you know, children had their own tribe and they had like, 
various different ages and different genders and backgrounds and they would spend their time playing with sticks in the street and it was very different to how it is now I think now it's very segregated just because we are taught that as we grow up um, one of the things to growing up and being an adult is to get our own car get our own place you know make it do this that 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 but I just think that that is so far removed from really what it is like because it is so isolating and I think um, any parent whether you're single or not needs to have a community around them we can't do everything and I don't think we should be expected expecting ourselves to do everything just like any business owner you can't be an expert in marketing and finance and sales and all of that you have to diversify in order to keep yourself going so um, I mean yeah that's why I kind of did share a bow that's like where it started but before I go into that how I got from doing all the dog stuff was um, to share a bodies I've always just followed my passion so I just love dogs always have always will and many many moons ago I used to ride dirt bikes and I had a really bad accident and I was left um, in a wheelchair for six months so I had to figure out how to work from home and one of the things was I was quite good at training my dog so I started just a little venture to pay the bills in, in doing dog training. And it just kind of got huge from there. And then the move from going from dog boarding up to um, doing this was when I left my ex-partner, their children's father, I wanted to start fresh and I moved interstate. Um, and I just kind of like when I got interstate, I had a bit of difficulty finding a home. I don't know what the rental market is like over there, but here it is, is it is competitive and it is difficult to find a house to rent, let alone buy, um, if you're in a, in a position to buy. And everything that I um, came across, I looked like a bad, I guess I looked like a bad person for them to rent from because I owned my own home previously. I had my own business, so I didn't have an income mm. by the looks of it. My business paid my expenses. So I looked like a really bad candidate. Mm. So even though I had enough in savings from selling my business to, you know, pay for a year's rent etc cetera, etc cetera. they just wouldn't do that because it wasn't yeah. serviceable so I kind of got to this stage I was like I don't know what to do mum so mum because mums are amazing um she helped me out she's also she was also a single mum too for me and she basically um put her name on the lease which allowed me to get a rental and then I paid rent to her and they took rent out of her account so I think you have to play with the system sometimes otherwise I kind of was left to I really had no choices then I was either going to be in my car with my dog and my kids or had to move back over state to my mum's house really because that's really where I was at with it if I couldn't get a rental so it was a bit of a dire straits moment and um, you know as I found the rental I kind of thought like this is ridiculous that this should be happening for one like I couldn't it, it just kind of opened my eyes a little bit to how difficult it was for single parents who are leaving a situation that isn't so good to find positiveness and happiness to come across something that is just such a scary situation I thought that it really sucked and I just kept yeah and then you know as I got into the new place and I fluffed my feathers and I was obviously in an area that I didn't know anybody I just felt quite socially isolated especially my kids were so young and there was this time um so I had kind of like you know how you have a few moments in life that kind of build up to something so first was I can't believe people can't get a rental this is ridiculous like people should be doing something about this and then what well, single parents and then my second one was my daughter got really sick one night and my so the, the age difference was only two years so they were basically both babies to me so mm. when my daughter got really sick and I had to rush to hospital and I had to wake up my two-year-old at that time and it was just a horrible experience putting them both in the car they're both crying and um 
sitting in the hospital, they're both crying. I thought, this is just so hard. Like, not like, oh, I want a partner to help me. I was like, God, I wish there was someone who could take my son. I don't have a, a tribe around me. And it was just so hard. Got home, I was exhausted, but I still had to look after the kids. And it was just that rude awakening of, oh my God, yeah, okay, I've got a house to live in. But now, oh my God, like logistically, this is challenging emotionally, physically, socially. And that was my next step. And then I thought, how am I going to kind of like combat this? So I did the normal stuff, went to the gym to meet in mums and bubs class to meet parents. They were all married, didn't really get where I was coming from. And then the third kind of penny dropped when I, you know, sort of realized how much of my savings I was putting out into just a rental. When eventually my goal was to kind of buy a house and I felt like I was just wasting my money um, and I wasn't even using half the house. Yeah. So I looked for sort of some strategic solutions online, you know, how to help like single parent groups or something like that. Mm. And I really couldn't find anything. There was not much around. And then I read this article about these ladies in England, um, these three mums that got a home share. She's got a book out now. I can't actually remember her name, but I think it's mum's mum mansion or something like that. Um, and it just about how it really helped them. They came together and um, and she had no business. Like it wasn't a business. It was just someone had done an article on her and it helped her mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. And I was like, oh my God, tick, 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 tick. This is amazing. Has anyone done this? And I looked, there was nothing there. And I was like, oh, great. Okay. Um, maybe I should just put an advertise. Like we have the local magazine, mag um, newspaper. I thought I'd do an advertisement. Anyway, I got this lovely single parent because I wanted a single parent because I thought they're the only ones that get it they'll have the patience and understanding of two children and and that's kind of where it started and then it was when I, I started talking about my experiences on social media and people were like oh that's like really great maybe how maybe where I should do that and I thought well, maybe there's something in it and then I just you know put some savings into a beta version of a platform which was a WordPress basic thing and um, it kind of just evolved from there, yeah, to where it is today. Wow, what a story! And yeah, and so many things that I mean, I I don't have children, and I'm I'm not I'm, yeah not a single parent, but there's still everything you say around yeah that it shouldn't be that hard, and like we're not made to be doing things alone, and and things like that. I, I when you were mentioning the story with your daughter being being sick, I rem I mean, it, it reminded me of uh, I used to live in my own apartment apartment uh and next door to me was a guy who i actually worked with so we knew each other from work and uh his wife was pregnant and they had a um, a child uh they had had a kid earlier so they had a baby like he was maybe two and uh one night in the middle of the night a knock on my door and they're like okay the baby's coming now so can you keep an eye on the the little kid and so i ended up you know just taking my my um my blanket and go over there and sleep on their couch the rest of the night until they you know the grandparents came over or whatever and uh, and I remember they were so grateful they were like oh my god thank you so much like this was not supposed to happen in the middle of the night blah blah we had planned something but thank you so much and I was like it shouldn't be so amazing what I did right it should be normal that we can count on each other like that right and you can trust your neighbor with your kid but they would not have done that with any other neighbor. They did that because they knew me from work and we had a hangout before and stuff. And um, and yeah, so there's this thing missing and it's the trust in the, the people next to us. Because like you said, we've been raised to believe that independence is the key and to, to being a grown up, which is such a sad thing. 
It is such a sad thing. I think that, and you know, it's one of the number one things that, um, you know, single parents talk to me about, but even, you know, married, my friends who are married do as well is, you know, their parent, uh, their husband works away or their wife works away or they often work long hours. And you, even with our kids, you tend to, I think that when you have things happen in your life that are challenging, the introspection of doing that and overthinking it can create such a bigger challenge. And if you've got people around you to sort of talk it over or even distract you from it, you know, it, it tends to not make it such a mountain. You know, oh, it's, definitely. I feel sometimes we're behind in the Western world a little bit with the whole communal living oh, situation. So behind. <laughs> I really feel like there's a whole new world we haven't explored or, or I don't know. Yeah, we, we're afraid of exploring. I don't know. But yeah, there's definitely so much to learn from, from living closer and better together as communities but so you were you were saying that yeah from from there it took you to where it is now and so how is uh, share about now so you said now it's it's the whole country uh like do you do you do it all on your own do you have a team like what's uh, what's the situation for for share about now well it's a pretty auto automated system uh it's really just what what people do is they They find out about it, they log in or they, sorry, they register and they create a profile. So they, they create a profile as a home seeker, which is someone who's like seeking a home mm. or uh, which means a rental to live with someone or someone already has a home. And then there's the home sharers who have the home that want to open it up. So there's a lot of people who um, unfortunately are widows um, who cannot afford their mortgage. It just kind of happened quickly and they need to rent their rent a room out in order to mm. keep their home. So there's these two different types of people and they just communicate with each other. So they'll go on, they do that, and then they can send inquiries to each other. And then if they need extra support, there's a private Facebook group that they can join. And it just teaches them all from the basics of, if you've never ever done this before, this is what you can expect up to people who have done it, but might be having challenges with like communication or mm. the sharing or the kids blending or an ex that's coming. They don't know how to kind of like handle that. Um, and I get experts into the group in various different areas um, from health, finance, um, how to build tribes, mindset. There's a whole bunch of experts that come in because I think synergistically, like as a whole, it's a bit like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like you can just, you can fulfill someone's shelter and food, but if they, they can't move on until they've, you know, sort of done healing work on themselves. Um, it's a whole thing of like, you know, you can give a homeless person a house But if they don't know how to manage their money and manage the emotions of like self-worth, they'll end up homeless again. Yeah. So I try to equip a little bit with that. So it's relatively automatic. Like they talk to each other. They learn how to do due diligence just by being in the group and the guides mm -hmm. that are in the group. And then like they, I get hundreds of messages a day. Like I've got 451 emails today, not today, but like over this week, which I will go through today. So they're I'm things. I'm stressed like just hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, a little. So that's kind of what I do. I do the emails. Like I really love talking to people about, um, you know, like things that like, I don't know if I can do this because this situation came up or I can't find anyone in the area. So I kind of like help with those sorts of yeah. things. And I love yeah. appearing in my private group because it's such a beautiful community. Um, but the system itself is automatic. So it kind of does it all for me. So it was sort of set up to do it that way. So eventually it could do a global sort of reach um yeah. I have admin people who I have a lady who I write my blogs and she like corrects them and like 
puts in all of you know the um I guess the right sort of like statistics and things right. like that for yeah. me and posts it up because that's time consuming and I have a lovely lady who um helps me sort of like with the, all of the PA admin stuff so um these 451 you know she'll go through that with me today and it will be way less by the end of the day because she'll reach out to people um <laughs> You know, I, there's a lot because I kind of like to be involved in a bit of the communication along the way, yeah. Uh, just so I can help people, um, mm-hmm. you know, with that because I think communication is one of the biggest things that you know creates disharmony in a home. You know, yeah. So that was going to be my my next question. Is uh, obviously, I mean, I think it's you know that it's a wonderful idea. I think it's hmm. so needed. Hmm. Um, but but I can imagine because like we said several times because we are not used to do this um that there there must be also some kind of like maybe a little bit of fear or preconceived ideas before people like do it for the first time or or jump in and and how do you help them with that to kind of like yeah encourage them to see this not as a um not so scary yeah exactly and it's gonna be all right and actually then you know probably they realize how wonderful it is and 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 it's not only a a way to to save money but also to 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 feel better and and feel less lonely and and grow I assume personally um yeah oh yeah sure oh yeah the growth is definitely something I talk about as well I think that um you don't know yourself until you've lived with someone like you don't know your bad habits until someone points them out. And I've done so many different home shares and um, you learn to kind of um, respond to different people in different ways. But I think the overarching thing to make it harmonious, to make communication better, obviously this isn't like foolproof because it depends on the situation. But um, I always tell people before you've even moved in is when it starts. So you know, people get worried it's not going to work because they've heard a horror story or their last relationship didn't work because they're single parents. They have hang-ups already and that's fine. Everyone has to work through their stuff. So they're a little hesitant initially. And I think that the first thing is like, you've got to get to know yourself first. You've got to get to know what you want out of a home share. And I don't mean, um, you know, I want where you want your furniture or, or how you want the kids to be off. I just mean like how what are you going to do if someone confronts you about leaving something um, in the hallway that you probably shouldn't have and they tripped over? Like, it's it's all about learning. How do you communicate? What is your style? What are you, you know, not good at doing? What are you good at doing? Because, you know, people are like, I want to, I want to um, have a really clean home and I want um, everything to be in its place. And I want us to sit down and have dinner. And people have like these fantasy ideas of what a home share is. And at the end of the day, like, if you want to have like a clean home and you want to have everything in its place and you want to have someone you get along with you've got to look within and see if you are that person first because you can only bring in what you put out right so it's a big concept for some of them because it goes they just want to know how but that is always the first step I think to get to the how so I always talk about that and then I talk next step about you've got to do your due diligence like you really need to be like that real estate agent who wants a reference from their work and their character reference and you can find out their full name and look them up on social media these days. Like you want to know that because, you know, I would expect someone to want to know that about me. You know, there's kids involved. So it becomes another level of knowing. Exactly, um, yes. Yeah. And I think that's, that kind of gets rid of a lot of the, oh, my gosh, I don't really know who they are or what if this happens, you know, because the more information someone normally has, the more comfortable they get with something. Mm. So that's kind of the next step. And then 
I always encourage people to um, sort of meet each other without kids first, you know, do the phone thing, do the, you know, do even this, you know, like Zoom's really great these mm-hmm. days, especially because half our country is still in lockdown. Um, we're still allowed to move houses, but people put on the back burner, oh, I can't do it because we can't see each other, but you, mm. there's so much you can do over the internet these days. So doing that and then eventually meeting with the kids, doing things like maybe having a play date at each other's homes means you can see how they live naturally, how they are with the kids. Is that your parenting style? So there's, it takes about two months for people to actually connect with each other because there is that in initial all of this before. But no, they don't have to do it. It's just my recommendation. It's not the kind of place you go to if you want a quick fix Um, or if you're escaping like domestic violence quickly, you go to the shelters and then we help you from there. So Mm. it's kind of like it's not that quick immediate step. But I find that doing this before makes people like the people that are connected with each other, they are living together longer and they are getting rentals again together because they've created something really solid. Um, And I think that's the thing. You want to create that friendship and that dependency, that platonic relationship with someone and your kids to have that because, you know, kids don't always listen to their parents (laughs) much at all, Um, but they do listen to another parent in the house. Like I've had many times where I've been, just stop doing that. Just stop doing that. And then, you know, whoever I'm living with be like, your mother told you to stop doing that. And they're like, okay. You know, it's like so different. And so you want to be able to create that. You don't want to create that kind of fragmented moving from one house to the other kind mm. of thing. It's going to help you financially so you don't have to do that and to, you know, find someone that you, so you're solid enough. You don't have to do that because kids need security and they need stability. Mm. So then once you've sort of done all your due diligence and you're happy and you've met, and you move in, like you obviously need to create all of the boundaries, you know, some house rules, maybe the kids rules, you know, some tenancy agreements, all that boring stuff, all the stuff of like, how do you manage conflict? What's your method of conflict resolution? And, you know, it's it's just to me, I think it's a little bit of a business transaction in a way, you know, as well as it is putting in all those other things. And people often think that, um, you know, it magically like that. It's funny, I have so many single moms that they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I just found this lady and she's like so nice on your side and my daughter's too and her daughter's too. Oh my gosh, they're going to be like best of friends and we can have like a wine at the end of the workday. And it's so perfect and it's like so not. And it never, ever works that way because the idea of what that is is really just the idea. The reality is two kids the same age fight. They're at the same milestone in their development. They now have the same neediness. They have the same bedtime routine. They have the same this, the same that. And you're not going to sit and drink wine every single night with someone because you'll be over it. Like, seriously, we don't even do that. Like most people don't even do that with their partners, right? They need that time and that space. So part of me is like educating them about, well, I know it sounds beautiful, but you're probably better off having like a girl who's maybe five or six, totally different you know, milestones that have a different bedtime routine and someone who even has a different um, co-parenting schedule, mm. you know, like they spend 50% over at their dads or their mums and the other maybe just the weekends because kids need, to, need a break from each other as well as parents. You know, having the time to be in the home without the kids just as adults is really important to yeah. establishing, you know, like a friendship above mm. and beyond just paying rent together and helping each other. So yeah, that's my long version answer of all that. Uh, th- no, that's amazing. I mean, I'm like, okay, I, I was uh, in French. We say I'm drinking your words, like I'm listening very intently. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, I 
I mean, I couldn't agree more. I feel like this is what I've been saying uh, when I at my work for, for a very long time. This is how it's supposed to be. And I, I completely agree with doing the work, the hard work before. Um, I, I usually say that for things to seem effortless, you need to put a lot of effort in. And, and for that feeling of flow to appear, you need to build that structure on which it can grow. And so all that work of doing your due diligence and meeting and having the kids do play dates and things like that. I think that's the key to, to make sure that things can, can last. And especially when you have children, I can only assume, yeah, imagine how important it is that things are um, more like, yeah, there's more routine and, and things don't change overnight and, and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. You said that really well. It's absolutely true. It's all the little things, you know, that really make the big longer term picture of it. I mean, I, um, there's this lady who has this business over here, which just started and it's, um, you should probably look her up actually. I think that you would love her. Um, I can give you her name and details, yeah. but she, it's all about co-purchasing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the next step, I guess, because at the end of the day, you know, getting a community and, and doing all this stuff is, it's fantastic. And I think that you need it, definitely need it. Anybody needs it. Um, and also creating that financial stability for yourself to be able to do things longer term. Like I am, as someone who um, just did home sharing for about two years and she's built up enough deposit and now they are both going to look to purchase together. So there's some really cool success stories. That's wonderful. So yeah. yeah, and then they're going to actually create the division in the home. They're looking for the right place to have it like two separate areas, but the common space mm. as well. Mm. Um, and they're doing it through this lady who owns this business called Mortgage Mates. And um, she helps people find homes together to like platonic, not re- not married or um, in a relationship, just normal platonic family members or friends so that they can financially equip themselves Mm. for better you know so they could draw equity for their kids at some stage and so it's really about like share a boat is a really good intro yeah um, and journey to get to a totally other level as well that people miss completely so and the asian cultures do it all the time like they save every single penny and they there's like seven of them in one home but and people are like oh they're like penny pinches but they own tons of properties and they're quite wealthy and yet and they help each other there's aunts and uncles and cousins and mothers and fathers and they're all helping raise all the children in the home there's Mm. no segregation with anything yeah i think we've we've yeah we've lost that completely if we ever had it uh Mm. i mean i'm thinking about my my mom's family is really big there's lots of sisters and brothers and cousins and things but we all scattered uh, in different houses you know one in each house uh, all across Europe now and it's like I mean we, we we care for each other we love each other but we can't help each other out right and we all have to go and find our own community now uh, yeah. yeah geographical distance like you know family you know and 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 I don't know if there's more single parents today than there was before or if it's just because we can document it more like it's really hard to always know um because you know society used to shun on all of that kind of stuff but now it kind of like brings it to light but yeah like all the geographical distance like different family breakdowns Mm. you know like the long hours we all put in to like have our own places and it all this it's like less connectedness between Mm -hmm. extended families yeah like I used to grow up and I remember that we us cousins aunts uncles grandparents we would have Christmas together 
all of us, but now we don't. We have separate Christmases between separate family units. Um, and, and when it comes together, it's like the, the you know, the every fifth year big one, you know, like it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's. Uh, yeah. It's quite sad when I think about it. It is quite sad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But you're right. We have to create our own villages by that. And I we think have to that rebuild that. Yeah. We do, we really do. And I, you know, like when I ended up buying my place, um, I made sure that I I found, um, uh, I'm not, I'm sure, I don't know if you have them there, you probably do, but they're like, um, uh, like a strata, like there's a a whole lot, there's like 82 townhouses or something here. So it's your own house, but they're townhouses. But everyone like, you know, you have a common wall with someone, like a flat, I guess. Um, but I made sure that when I moved here, there was tons of other parents in my area. Um, so we have, like, I've created my own network of um, two doors down. There's another single mom. We're good friends. We help each other with pickups and drop-offs and everything like that. With our kids, our daughters are the same age. So that makes it really easy. Um, you know, when her kids are at their dad's, mine are at their dad's at the same time. So we often can like go out and have a dinner together. So we're actually like just normal women mm-hmm. having a little life. Um, and then, um, you know, two do- um, three doors down from her is another single dad with his child. And he will like help around both of us with different things. And we like do a bit of babysitting with his daughter. And there's like, just a tribe mm-hmm. that we've created around here and the kids go up and down you know to the different houses and they play with different age kids different things they see different parents and it's it's the way that I remember growing up you know I really want to kind of recreate that Mm. yeah definitely you mentioned at the beginning that you 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 tried to go to the gym and meet people but it didn't really work out that way what do you feel like how do you break that barrier down? Because I, I, I've tried that as well. I mean, I've moved uh, to a different country uh, 18 months ago and I've been struggling um, to recreate connections. And I think, I don't know, it's being, maybe being 35 and <laughs> as an adult, it's so much harder to, to, to meet new people. I don't know. Um, it, is, it really is. It is so much harder. And I think that, um, you know, one thing that is easy with a, as a single parent is you have the kids that break down the walls that is like a plus because kids are so highly extroverted that if you are very introverted you have to become extrovert because your kid runs over to you in a park and says oh I like that kid we're friends we've been playing for now you have to go and get their number from their mum and you can't say no to your child you know like because they'll be like why and you'll be like um you have no reason awkward (laughs) yeah and then they'll go awkward what like it's like they kind of like, you go, okay, like that's my issue. That's my baggage. I better do something. So that has helped breaking down the walls. I've made a point of like doing things around other parents, like going to like the good parks and going to the great play centers and things like that. And, you know, it comes effortlessly with that. Um, But outside of that, you know, I kind of took up a couple of things. Like I still did the gym, but I changed the gym that I went to. And I found out, you know, from, um, you know, like my neighbours, what the better gym is. And, you know, that's before I moved to this area. And one of the mums there did, um, does a specific one. And she said, oh, there's heaps of kids there too. So there's like lots of mums. And so I went there and I've been there for like three years now. I really love it. And I've made a lot of friendships through there. Mm. But I also started doing things like that were really outside my comfort zone um, because I wanted Uh, you know I just thought the normal stuff of going to the gym and going to the park will never extend 
no. who I want in my circle. Yeah. So I did things like I took up paddleboarding, um, like stand up paddleboarding, which you know I'm still not that great at, but I love it. It's really but fun. I see the yeah. Same, yeah, it's so good. But I see the same people out there, and people just chat, you know, on the beach. And you know, when we got our dog, I go to the dog beach, um, which makes good conversation. And you see the same people over and over at the same mm. time. Um, so that sparked up some friendships. I have gone on Facebook to Facebook groups and typed in um, like community pages for like my local area. Um, and then, you know, um, talk in there about my business and that's created some friendships. I have um, done a lot of women's networking events, like mm. I've gone to them and that and seeing the same people at this. I think you have to go to certain things a few times to become yeah. known. Create a routine and put yourself out there, really, I guess. Totally, yeah. right? Like, mm. it's, it is about putting yourself out there. And it's about knowing that, you know, relationships take time. Like, I know, like, when you're a kid it's it's or younger, it's very different. You don't have to put the energy in that you do when you're older to maintain yeah. that friendship. Mm. Like, you have to, you know, if you want to, you have to give as much as you get, you know, type of thing. If, if you're not willing to kind of put that work in to cre create and maintain the friendship, then you, they probably won't either so it's you know be brave and put yourself out there and put the effort in and it's not even that much effort really like text messages here and there and you meet up with people here and there and you know I kind of like because I can't go out a lot unless I'm with my kids so mm -hmm. yeah I have to keep connection with people through text messages and quick phone calls like really quick phone calls and posting funny things to each other and, and yeah. sort of doing like that but um there's a, so many different ways to do it. Like I kind of like one of the ways that I got good friends with um, a couple, like there's a, a couple, like an old couple, elderly couple, just a couple doors up the road is because they were struggling one day to like move a cupboard. And I was like, I can help you. And I went over and I helped them. And then they brought me some like cookies and then, you know, the next day and then the next day um, they came over and they were like, do you want your kids to like play in our backyard? We've got my grandkids things here. And they went over and they had a play and then they came over and they had dinner. And it's just kind of like it took a while, but it created that. And now like they bring baked goods over all the time. They'll mind the kids every now and then and have cups of tea. And so it's and it's you've got to go after the people that, you know, are different because I don't want to be friends with someone like me if that makes sense I want to be friends with someone who can enrich my life and I can enrich theirs so mm -mm. you know the elderly people they have these stories my kids hang on their every word they think they're amazing they love their biscuits and they love their backyard and it's different it's so different you know so if you're, you're putting yourself out there yeah. with different people so you've got to do different things no definitely I love that and I, I think it's so true around um and like you're saying with the elderly couple, it's like this idea of being surrounded with people from different age and different backgrounds. And in a way, it's the same thing with like this uh, obsession around uh, being independent and individual. When we're kids, we're kind of like surrounded by our parents or our mom or dad. And then uh, we go to school with people the same age as, as we are, right? And so we don't really we're not surrounded I mean unless of course we're lucky enough to live around our grandparents and things but if we're not then we were surrounded with only people that are either our parents age or our own age and then we miss that kind of like being surrounded with people from all different age groups and all different backgrounds and then I mean at least for me I feel like I've lost <laughs> growing up I didn't really 
and, and being becoming an adult that I lost the ability to really connect with people that are much older than me or even like kids who are younger than me because I, I, I don't know how to talk to them anymore somehow. And yeah, that makes any it, sense. <laughs> it does. It makes total sense. And that is like one of the things that, you know, you look at all the social media and all the devices that kids use. And it is one of those things that, you know, I look at my kids and I'm like, even though they don't do a lot of that, you know, I, they still have enough for me to look at it and go, God, I never did that when I was young. I was out, you know, like climbing trees with like various different kids and at people's different houses. And, you know, we didn't do that. And I just feel like, you know, everything has gone internal in a in not a great way so like internal obviously you know doing the growth is great but internal where they go in and they lose that ability to have the social context to have the ability to talk to people and to do this and you know be in that extroverted environment is so much reduced to what it was when I was growing up so I'm 42 so it is really different um, and I see that you can see it in the generations that come up, you can see that they struggle with the social issues, but then, you know, they get classed as like ADD or socially inept or social something, something really, I think it's just got a lot to do with, you know, not being brought up in the environment of like love of community. Like I remember um, my mom is, so my mom's a single mom and it's just me. It was just me and her. I have no siblings. And in the last sort of four years of my schooling, um, she decided she was a corporate trainer, like psychologist, and she decided to take her business like on the road, I guess, um, because she couldn't see the value of school. Like I'd kind of like, she was like, well, they're, they're not teaching any life skills. They're not teaching you how to talk and experience life and all this stuff. So she was like really brave and took me out. Um, I mean, now I know these days because of everything happening in the world, so many people are doing homeschooling these days, yeah. but it wasn't a thing back then. Mm. And so she took me out and we traveled a lot. So I was pretty blessed with that. But one of the places we traveled to was um, Bali in Indonesia. And um, we were there at a time where there was not a lot of Western people. There was not a lot of white people, not a lot of Asian people. It was just kind of like them. Um, I still remember the electricity was so dodgy. It would go in and out and there was no hot showers and there was no flushing toilets. So it was very different to the world I had been brought up in. So it was very mind-blowing for me. But I remember, you know, when I look back on that, one of the things I always remember is they were all in tribes. Um, you would never leave the home unless you got married and then you moved into their home, like their family home with another family. You didn't leave. You stayed in that family unit and you had your own little bedrooms, just like co-living, own little bedrooms, communal this, communal kitchen, communal this, like that. Um, but one thing, if you look at all the children, all the children, they're always held and they're like they're held by an auntie, an uncle, an older sibling, a cousin, a neighbor. And they have so much self-love and so much self-worth within them. They always just know that they are looked after. And we don't have that here. We put our kids down and we put them in front of TV so we can get on with our day. We, you know, do all these things that are to do with putting them somewhere in order for us to do something that's meant to benefit them long term. So a clean house, food, work, whatever it is. But over there, they don't do that they put the care with someone else because they have the ability to have that extended network within them. And I think mm. that when you watch them growing up, you see two people who's like a 16 year old with a 75 year old grandpa just sitting there chatting because of that. And we don't have that. And I think that's where it starts, mm -mm. you know, because like, if you were brought up to sort of like do that, it'd be so normal for you to be like, yeah. 
oh, there's an old lady sitting at the bus stop. I want to go over and say hi. It would be normal, you know, it wouldn't be unfamiliar. So, yeah. And how wonderful would that be, right? If we we could do that. I mean, I was watching this uh, short documentary during the whole, I mean, it's still going, but the the, the beginning of the the lockdown in France and COVID. And there was this older woman who lived alone and she said she was going to the grocery store three times a day just so she could talk to someone. She had nothing to buy, but she pretended to because she just wanted to speak. And I'm like, that's the society we're in. Like we're, we're, we're planning on going to Mars, but we can't like solve <laughs> this. Like what the hell? Like- yeah, that's so eye-opening isn't it it's so eye-opening and it's just so interesting I think that you know the everything that's happened in the last like two years with with this pandemic has really I'm sure the statistics are pretty similar over there but um it's really increased depression and Mm. suicide and loneliness and all of these other things that have come on top of it because people don't have that intrinsically within their life naturally and it's just Mm. highlighted the need for that so much um yeah I know like over here we like living in this little community like here I call it a community we all got our own homes but because we made the time to create the relationships Mm. between us that really really helped with everything lockdown especially with kids going absolutely mental for like a 10 months in a house um we would like you know pass our kids across the you know fences and stuff and yeah we're not meant to do that but none of us had it and it really helped with the kids and we would talk over the fences and we would do all that kind of stuff so I totally get where she's coming from my 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 dad who lives in New York he's a psychologist and he was telling me in the midst of it all the people that so he did a lot of free counseling for people as a gift back just to help And when we talked about it, he was saying that most of the people that are having the issues are not the sick people. It's the elderly people stuck in these flats with communal, with communal laundries and communal um, elevators. And they're not allowed to use them because they're not allowed to touch anyone and they're not allowed to go out and get their groceries. And, you know, they're the ones who are really suffering because they literally have nobody to talk to um, because everyone in their family is kind of like in their own world with what is happening and people get left out of the mix of that and it is it's really sad to see mm. like what is happening because it's still happening yeah mm, so definitely. I definitely agree yeah and I think that you know if, if any you really it's like what I tell the single parents is you have to just be brave and you just have to find ways to do it and do things if it's not working then do something different about it to get a different result um, because at the end of the day, like as a parent, I don't want my kids to think that being alone is okay. Like being alone is great. If you're like, you know, there's a difference between loneliness and being alone, like being lonely is not great, but being alone in solitude is great. Right. You know, meditation, growth and everything like that, but making the choice not to go out to dinner because of you're scared or because you don't know them or not a networking event like it's showing our next generation that it's okay to be recluse and that and it's not because I don't think you're a whole person completely if you're totally recluse so it's kind of like you know what I mean like I think we just have to like as parents we kind of like um you know we we do our things for ourselves but our children learn from the things that we do for ourselves yeah or don't 
either way. Yeah. No, it's so true around this idea of like choosing. I think there's a French actress. I can't remember her name now, but I was reading an interview of her and she said something around, what was it? Like loneliness is great only if it's chosen, right? If you decide to buy, you say, okay, today I want to be on my own, right? Then it's great. But when, you, when it's not a choice, when you're always alone because there's nothing or no one around, then it's terrifying. It is terrifying. And it is just, it's like you look at even, you know, uh, when my grandparents were around um, and my they were together and we did a lot of family stuff. But then when my grandfather passed, they moved my grandmother into uh, my auntie and uncle's home around, you know, so she was always there around us. But it's these days they don't. It's like we drive past because we've got a few nursing homes around the area and we drive past. And the other day, my son's like, what are those houses? There's all these people sitting in like that room there. And it was like the dining room of the nursing home with all the like little rooms. And I'm like, um, that's where people who are elderly go. And he's like, well, why are they going there? Like, is Nanny going to go there one day? And I'm like, well, no, I hope Nanny comes to live with us. And it was just, just a totally different concept to him. Mm. But that is what happens you know like our parents raise us and then most of the time we put them somewhere else so they're totally away from us Mm. um and there's so many reasons like it's not a good or bad choice it just is what happens for a lot of people but it doesn't happen in other cultures that doesn't happen Mm -mm -mm. like the elderly are like very much respected and they are you know in the family home and they give all this like great stories for the kids and they know all the better recipes and they know how to like create that vibe and so it's just so different. Like, you know, I said in the beginning, I just feel sometimes Western culture, we're catching up, but I think that we are very behind when it comes to being tribal and communal and, and, and growing, you know, together. Like, I think it comes from like this mindset of scarcity of like, you know, oh, if I share with you, I have less or, you know, but really like I, I like to say that, you know, like you have more when you share you oh, know, yeah. because you're some of theirs right so mm-hmm. it's you know that mindset it's, here is scarcity it's quite ironic to to i mean you totally agree you're saying that we're so behind when really what brought us here is this idea that we were so in advance right that we were so <laughs> i mean it's just ridiculous how we we're paying for this now oh, the human uh, condition, right? uh, <laughs> it's just so silly you know, in today's society, I just think, you know, if you, if you need that community, you really need to like put yourself out there and do it. And, you know, I just think it's better for your soul. Don't worry so much about things going wrong because that's where your attention is. Focus on more of the good things that can happen from it and just look inward to make sure that, you know, you know who you are. So you know what you want and you know what your boundaries are when it comes to communal living, home sharing, flat mating, whatever we want to call it these days. So yeah, yeah that's the most important thing. Yeah, totally agree. I guess I, I can just ask you my the last question that I ask everyone then, uh, which is, uh, what makes a home for you? Um, that's a really good question, and no one has ever asked me that. Um, energy makes a home for me. I think you know um, the energy of being whole in a place, whether it's with someone or uh, you know not with someone or with your kids or not with your kids. I think it's an energy that's what makes a home for me because you can be anywhere and make a home if there's a good energy about it and we make we create the energy ourselves so yeah I really like that I never heard that before I've asked the question (laughs) now maybe 50 times and I yeah 
I would say like maybe 80% of the time I get answers around like the idea of like being safe and being yourself, being able to be yourself. Uh, and then the, the, the rest of the time I get very, very different answers. So it's always fun to see what people are going to, that's my favorite question to ask. I, I, yeah, no one's ever asked me. I had no idea I'd say that, but I guess that's how That's really, yeah, <laughs> I love that. I, I love that people don't expect it because then it really comes from what you, you know, what comes to mind first. It's, uh, it's an interesting one, the, the meaning of home and how it's evolving, mm. I think, uh, yeah. with everything that's happening. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking this. Thank you bye. so much. Thank okay, you. Bye. bye. That was the Humans Inside the Pods with Morgan O'Learon. Make sure to join our mailing list so you don't miss an episode. Link in our bio.